0: And welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is He on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. Uh, we've got a treat today. We are joined by Reverend Jim Hockaday. Uh, here previously on the podcast, we've had uh, several of the uh, great uh, Rayma alum, or great Rayma great staff, and uh, we've had Reverend uh, Tony Cook on, and now to have uh, Reverend uh, Jim Hockaday, such a treat and a pleasure. Um, we're going to talk and, and do an interview style, kind of similar to what we did with Reverend Cook, just getting back background, hearing stories, and and learning from our elders. Uh, I believe a lot of younger people listen to my podcast, and it's it's important, imperative, every word you want to use, that we take out time to hear from those who've been there and done that and receive uh, revelation. And I'm so excited. I believe the Spirit of God will meet us, and it'll be a powerful time. Uh, Let's pray, and then we'll get right on into it. Uh, Father God, We just want to thank you so much for who you are, for your presence with us. Thank you, Father, that your presence is what distinguishes us from everybody else, from every quote-unquote religion, uh, every uh, institution. It's your presence, Father, and we thank you for your presence being with us. We thank you, Father, for speaking through uh, Reverend Hockaday and myself as the very oracles of God to encourage people, to bring them up to a higher level of intimacy with you. And we give you praise for all the good things that will be done in Jesus' name name. Amen and amen. Uh, Reverend Hockaday, sir, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for taking out the time to be with us.
1: Well, thank you, lot. It's great to be with you and I look forward to our time. You know, this type of format I've always found to be really inspirational. God just gives us what we need to share for the people. And, and of course, we're in a great hour and a great time where so much is happening. And it's really good to be in on what God's doing.
0: Yes, sir. That's so true. And uh, like I said, we're gonna do more interview style. Go back and and uh, just get some history here and uh, with uh, okay. your ministry and what you guys are doing. Uh, so, uh, Reverend Hockaday, take us back. Take us all the way back. Uh, when when did you when did you first get saved? Let's go back to that time. Do you were you raised in a Christian home? Like how did that go about?
1: I was raised in a Christian home. We were Baptist by denomination, so uh, salvation was premium as far as. The, the idea of what our life was made for is to be connected to Christ. Um, I was saved as a four year old little boy, so I've been saved for fifty six years right now. I mean, it's uh, it's a crazy time has gone by like that that fast. But um, had a really good upbringing, you know. Of course, it was all all about the Bible, you know, and, and uh, about about telling other people about salvation. And that was a great and tremendous start, you know. But then as I got older and got into high school, of course, all my life, you know, I've, I've witnessed to people. That was just a part of, of watching those that went before me, watching my parents uh, at times, you know, would be in the, in the living room with uh, a couple. And they'd all be on their knees, lead them to Christ. And seeing that, you know, as a little boy makes an impact. And so I really didn't, you know, stray too much from the things of God. Um, so God was, in, in one sense real in my life, as far as being real as a person, Um, you know, we can talk about that later, but you know, we didn't really have the kind of teaching that would have helped us to know that the things I was experiencing was the Lord talking with me. And uh, I wish I would have known that, because you could have fostered even a greater relationship at a young age. As I got into high school, um, and then into college, of course, I'm still following more of the evangelical type of path. And, and that doesn't give much room for miracle signs and wonders of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But uh, some of the football players on the team, you know, got saved. And uh, one of the fellows is one of my best friends. And, and he got saved into more of a Pentecostal charismatic type of a movement. So got filled with the Holy Ghost, began to just see wonderful things in the spiritual world. And, and, uh, and then one thing led to another. And I went through different musical groups and found my way to Rhema in 1986. And uh, had been filled with the Holy Ghost. And then from that point on, things just took off as far as the experiences I had at Rhema, be traveling with the Rhema Singers and Band for seven years, uh, being over the Prayer and Healing Center for 10 years, and then we've been in our own ministry since 2004.
0: Amen. That's just so wonderful. Yes, sir. Uh, so take us uh, back there to your time at Raymond. Now, with the the singers and band. So now, what what was that like? What was it like traveling with with Dad Hagen and and even with the the fellow singers and band as well? Uh, you know, uh, we've had Pastor Ray Jean Wilson on as well, and others who would have been at that same time uh, that you were there. Like, well, take us through that. What was that like?
1: Well, you know, it wasn't new to me since I'd already been on the road for three years. Um, Even through my Rhema experience during the summer, I'd travel and be in some different groups singing and all. And, uh, you know, at that time, my mentality is like, you know, I want to pursue singing. And then very quickly, once I got to Rhema, I realized there was a call in my life that was more than just music. So, um, you know, music, getting into the Rhema Singers and Band was more of the avenue of me actually pursuing what I'm doing even today. Um, mm-hmm. Traveling with uh, singers and band, of course, you know, when you're traveling with a group, it doesn't take, you know, you're always going to um, maybe connect with certain individuals in a group more than others, but you become sure. a family right away. And everybody's doing what they're doing with a purpose. And of course, when you're traveling in the ring of singers and band, we were the crusade team. Mm-hmm. And so everything about what we did was to facilitate a greater service and a greater ease for Brother Hagin to be able to just be comfortable and do the things that he was supposed to do. And you know, it's very interesting, even though we were young, we were mature enough to actually put our best foot forward all the time to serve the people the best we could and to help Brother Hagin the very best we could. Um, It wasn't out of fear, it was just out of an obligation to want to serve the Lord and honor him. And so I'm really thankful, I can say, as far as what Rhema put in us, they definitely did put in a, a spirit of excellence and a sense of urgency in the helps ministry to serve and not try to be something, but to actually be a servant. So it was great. Of course, it was wonderful to be around Brother Hagan. I remember the first time I met him, I prayed all night long that God would forgive me for even being born. I mean, it was just yeah. you know, <laughs> yes, sir. all these Crazy ideas, like the moment he shakes your hand, not like I was uh, walking in sin or anything, but the moment he shakes your hands, oh, my God, he's going to see into my life. And, oh, Lord, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't like that. You realize, you know, that he was just such a normal person, which was really, really cool. And um, and he liked to be around really normal people. And I think that's where the group became a source of real comfort to him because we weren't pulling on him Dad, Tell us something we were, you know, we were pinching yeah. him in the arm and, and doing spitwads at him at the table, you know, I mean, just doing fun <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know,
0: yeah.
1: and, uh, and yet in the middle of all of that, um, he would pour out his heart to us and share things that was just wonderful.
0: That's just well, so good. Um, I love that, you know, uh, the, the normal side of, of dad Hagen, you know, cause we look up to him and, and as well, we should, uh, but it's always good to know that, that normal side of things, uh, uh, brother Jim, you, you, you told a story a few times of you, as you spoke spoken so many different places over the years about a certain camp meeting moment that happened between you and brother Hagen uh, that was kind of an accident in some, in some way, would you share that story with us?
1: Well, there were many times when he would be ministering that, um, Well, sometimes everything was just perfectly dandy, but he felt like the group was supposed to go down there or certain individuals go down there and minister to the people. Um, Other times, and for the most part, that would happen when he was just um, maybe the spirit of God was on him in a measure where he couldn't function as well as he normally would. Maybe his legs were just full of the anointing and and he wasn't able to really walk real stable or something, you know, if you didn't know anybody, you'd say, well, maybe it's just because he's old, but it wasn't that as much as it was, the spirit of God would come on him at times in a very strong way. And he would say, well, I can't come down there and minister to you. He said, but I'll have the different members in the group. And he would always choose Annie and Dean, Dean, the drummer, and then Annie Durant, which was one of the singers. And this particular time was camp meeting. And I was standing behind him because he was wobbling at at the platform, you know, at the podium. Um, And so he didn't know I was there and yet there's you know 10 a full capacity 10,000 people or or more at that at that uh, civic Center. And he went through the whole process of getting Annie and laying hands on her hands. And he went to turn around to see Dean, which was directly behind the podium. The drums were quite a distance back. And when he turned around, he turned around face to face right with me and it scared him. And he kind of just went, ah, you know, like that. And and, uh, so I I kind of froze. And then we both kind of tried to get out of each other's way. And he finally, you know, make a long story short, he finally just said, oh, all right, I guess you'll do. And, uh, and so he had me put my hands out and he put his hands in my hands. And then basically, long story short, just had me to go minister to the people. And, you know, the interesting thing, of course, coming from more of a Baptist background, well, a complete Baptist background, the, everything that I've learned up to this point has been brand new. It's not like I had anything to go on. In fact, I had things to overcome, which was messages that were drilled into my head from a kid that speaking in other tongues was of the devil. Um, you know, laying on the hands on the sick was not necessary, um, that God didn't heal anymore today. So all those things that were in my past, I had to overcome that to actually move forward. So even this was a new experience that I could actually tangibly feel the presence of God in my hand, like heat and electricity flowing out of my hands and going into the people. It was very, very um, profound and uh, very distinguished. I could feel it. And so it was really cool. And it really helped Elevate my thinking towards the unseen world.
0: Oh yeah, that's so good, so true. Um, and so you you start doing a healing school or was it prayer school first, sir? Which one were you uh, well, that both. you were assigned to? both. both. Yeah, both. I was assigned yes, to
1: both. Now I wasn't over that ministry. I was over the prayer school but I was underneath uh, Doug Jones at the time for the healing school and that lasted for that first year until the end of the school year of I started in, in September 1994. By the school year uh, end May of 1995, then they turned over the whole thing to me, prayer and healing school, so I was the coordinator and then minister, but I was ministering all the time, twice a day, three times a day, in fact, Elijah, really, if I count things up, it's close to 500 times a year for 10 years in a row that I was ministering
0: wow wow so much ministry man praise god uh so take us through that doing uh prayer and and healing school uh this has got to be like i mean if you're going to do any of the other you know things that they had provided there at rhema you know you can use books and things of that nature but if you're dealing with prayer and you're dealing with healing if prayers aren't answered if people aren't getting healed then like you know what's the point right so can you talk us and walk us through how the spirit of god led you uh in leading those things
1: well, first and foremost, where I'm at today and the perspective that I have today, which seems to at times rub people a little bit wrong or seem to be a little bit too harsh or absolute, is because I've been in a prayer and healing ministry for the last 35 years. And people have to understand exactly what you just commented on is what the, the pressure or you could, yeah, I guess you could say the pressure that I was under. At that time, which is a prayer school, is something where you have to have answered prayers or make a connection to God in prayer that causes answers to take place or change to take place. Well, it's very simple. Healing schools where people actually get healed, mm-hmm. and so this kind of pressure, and of course, you know, you're not trying to take the pressure yourself, but you're learning. You know, everything's about learning, and 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 it, and it's very telling from day one until 35 years later to today, whether or not I'm doing very well, or I'm not doing very well. Mm -hmm. Because if they're not getting healed, I mean, if you have one healed out of 100, somebody would say, Oh, glory, we had somebody healed. But the greater testimony is 99 people went home without. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. see, you always go to the greater numbers for the greater testimony. And sometimes people will embellish, we had two, 20 people out of 100 healed. Isn't that amazing? Well, it's amazing with, for the 20 people, but what about the 80?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
1: Well, we sent them home in faith. Well, think about what you just said. You sent them home to the place where they got their sickness without any change in their body, surrounded by the people that probably half of them aren't even in agreement to the fact that you went out to the healing center in the first place which then they would become skeptical as to, oh, so uh, you got healed. Yes. Thank God I'm healed. Well, doesn't look like it. Your leg still doesn't work. You still yeah. grimace in pain. In other words, you're surrounded by the same negative atmosphere that caused you to not get anything in the first place. And you get sent home without any tangible results at all. And you're supposed to believe by faith now after one week and be able to stand against all that and see the results. Well, my, my, I'm, I'm always someone who likes math. God likes math, too. And the mathematics or the percentages of someone going home, not seeing anything, keeping the switch of faith turned on, seeing results, probably is on a very, very low percentage of people that will actually see, see uh, an eventual healing. However, if they're in the midst of an environment that's just everybody's getting healed, well, now something's different because their mind, their consciousness, not only through what they believe in their heart, but through what they've seen with their eyes. Well, brother, we shouldn't go by what we see. Well, if your heart is is attached to God and God is working in your life, guaranteed you're going to see change in the earth. And if you don't see change in the earth, then something's actually wrong with what you believe. So you're wrong to say we shouldn't go by what we see. Because what we see is an evidence of our connection to God. And it doesn't have to take 40 years or in the millennia I'll be healed. Jesus ministry, people were healed right then. So Mm -hmm. that's what we contended for, Elijah, because our first three months of healing school was a disaster. Pretty much everybody died. We had about four people healed in that first three months, and we had no idea how they got healed, which tells you you can't reproduce something you have no knowledge of.
0: That's good. Yes, sir.
1: So being honest, we were failing miserably. Mm. And I'm either going to, it's either going to work with me, or if it doesn't work, I'm sensible enough to change directions. Let's go do something else. At least I can flip hamburgers. I mean, you know, give me Mm. another job. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so that brought me to the end of myself, where I realized we, we could not and should not Preach a message and blame the people for something that we as the ministers can't deliver to the people. Yes. For me to stand up there and preach a faith message without delivering the goods to the people to get them well and then saying, well, you just need to have faith. That's a real shame. That's like looking at a flock of sheep who are in a really bad pasture, and they're not doing well, and they're not really progressing, and they're getting sick, and they're getting weaker by the day, and yet you look at them and say, well, if you had faith, you'd be in a good pasture. No, Mm -hmm. that's what the shepherd does. The shepherd leads the sheep into the good pasture, and I realize right away, I can't just blame the people. I can't just blame God. He didn't miss it. I have to actually look at myself and see to what degree am I being a deliverer to the people because that's what jesus was he didn't sit down and preach the kind of faith messages we preach and tell the people now go work on this for a few weeks until you're ready to get healed he just flat healed the people which caused an absolute uproar and and a revival where multitudes came from surrounding villages and as many as touched him were made perfectly whole that's right well brother that's because of the gifts in jesus no it's because he created faith by delivering the people. And that's what I went to the Lord about in November and said, God, if you can change me and fix me, we can fix healing schools. And by, by January, the revelation that he was downloading to me, I stood in healing school one week and began to preach on the blood covenant in a different way. Instead of saying, well, we're believing with you to be healed, I said, today you're going to get healed. This week, you'll see change. It'll happen all over this room. The one, If you wonder why, it's because I have a covenant with God, and I'm getting ready to tell you how absolute it is and let you know that Jesus will touch you today. And bam, miracles started happening in that room. Amen. And that's
0: when things changed. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, sir. And I think it's, it's important to note that the boldness, right, and stepping out and being confident in who is in you and the presence of God. I know that's something that's really uh, prevalent in, in your ministry is about intimacy and, and the things of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. So as we transition here, we've kind of gotten a background of, of what you uh, were doing sure. there and the Lord using you. Uh, Let's talk here about being spirit filled and the importance of a spirit filled life because this is some things that are it's kind of going in the background, not kind of has been pushed to the background in a lot of churches, even churches that would uh maybe around our camp, but may have been around some of the things we've been around and, and that you've been around, uh Reverend Hockaday. Uh, talk to us about this, uh, the importance of not not just because people I literally was I was at a place, Reverend Hockaday, uh, just yesterday at the time of this recording, and they were talking about Jesus and things of that nature, and they talked about Acts 2, and they talked about that, and brother, Hockaday, wouldn't you know it, they skipped right past them speaking in tongues, just skipped right past it, and about the infilling and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you just speak into the importance for a younger generation that will be listening to this podcast, the importance of being filled with the Spirit?
1: Well, first and foremost, and thanks for the question. Um, this is a, obviously a weighty subject, so I'll, real tr- I'll trust that I can hit some high points that, that will give people a chance to actually think for themselves. Um, that's a rare commodity today. I know that's kind yeah. of a dig, but, but it is. It's a rare commodity. People don't think for themselves. They just believe what yes. else everybody else says. And that's one of the problems is you're supposed to have an individual relationship with Jesus that works for yourself. It doesn't have to look like anybody else's, but the end results will always be the same. Jesus will be exalted. You'll know him. You'll hear him. You'll follow him. There will be tangible fruit that will glorify the Father in the results of answered prayer. And and that will be for everyone. So this is a great question. First and foremost, let me say this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1, verse 1. The word "God" there does not mean God the Father created. God the Father has never created anything. Jesus has never created anything, and neither has the Holy Ghost. But all three of them together have created everything. Mm, yeah, it's always a three-part work, meaning they have their separate job descriptions and they don't cross their lines. So the Father always has been the CEO or the one with the blueprint, the idea. He's been the one that has has the plan for the ages, okay? The plan for our lives, the plan. He's the one that came up with the blueprint for the human body, which scientists still are in amazement that we are such a miracle just as a human body, let alone a spiritual being. So the plan is always the father, The initiator of the plan is always Jesus. He's the one that does something or says something. And he himself gave us that revelation when he said, I don't do anything unless I see my father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear my father say it. He was the action or the will of God in process, constantly. He said, I didn't come to do my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. So everything Jesus did and said was the will of God as the second person in the line of creation. But Jesus never created anything, or you don't see tangible results until the Holy Spirit came into view. Mm -hmm. And when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, then things began to pop. Because now you have the plan of the Father, you have the initiator of the plan, and you have the manifester, the one that actually makes the product, the Holy Spirit. So Jesus didn't walk on the water lest he saw the Father to tell him to walk. And when Jesus put his feet together to actually walk, which is the initiation of what he saw his Father have him to do, the Holy Spirit was what? He was the substance in the water that allowed him to walk on the water. Come on. So every miracle has to include the Holy Spirit. So for any way, shape, and form, for you to either say, I don't believe in the work of the Holy Spirit today, well, then you're never going to see anything. Or to go as far as to say, well, I believe in the work of the Holy Ghost, but you know, I just don't know that he's very important. No, I mean, he is the importance to the actual miracle. He is the importance to your revelation that comes to your thoughts. He is the importance to the grace of God that works in your body to keep your body functioning and to keep it free from sickness and disease. He is the empowerment to your life. He is the favor upon your life that causes things to actually happen in this world that other people don't see, but we see because our Father loves us, and there's favor on our life. So everything is about the work of the Spirit. When Brother Hagin in 2003 said, we've had sufficient word, now it's time for a moving of the Spirit, and if we don't teach on the moving of the Spirit, we're going to lose it for this generation. Well, you got to break that down. Number one, you can see, and we all agree, the moving of the Spirit in a corporate setting. Learning to flow with the Spirit in a corporate setting. Well, how do you learn to flow with the Spirit in a corporate setting lest you learn to flow with the Spirit in your individual everyday life setting? Yes, sir. And my, my opinion that's strong is that we need to go back and get people to function with God on a daily basis. Uh, I say this all the time, Elijah, you need to let God come off the pages of your Bible and get into your life. That's good. You know, when you get to the throne in heaven, you're not going to look at a Bible on the the throne. It's going to be a real person. Okay. And I'm not taking anything away from the scriptures. Thank God they are anointed. They are inspired. But the purpose of the scriptures is to bring you to Jesus. It's like the purpose of Betty Crocker's recipes is for you to cook. So if you memorize recipes, but you don't cook and you've never met Betty, then something's really wrong <laughs> yeah, that's so Yes, so good. because every part of what she, her intention was is for you to be able to use the recipes and get the same results with the food being excellent as what she could.
0: That's so good. But it's
1: very, very interesting that people don't take time to let God be real and he's supposed to be real. So that's exactly where we are with the Holy spirit. You know, this modern generation, you've got to realize the Holy ghost wants to do everything with you. You know, some simple scripture that I learned as a little boy, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean on unto your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Well, acknowledge him in all your ways is two part. Number one, you can't acknowledge somebody that's not there. Mm -hmm. So it means the Holy Ghost actually wants to be with you in every single thing you do. And if you're to acknowledge him in everything you do, that means he actually wants to be involved in what you're doing, not just to be there as a bystander, but he wants to be involved. So if I can lift 100 pounds, and Elijah, if you can lift 100 pounds, and yet you're living inside of me, that means I can lift now 200 pounds. Mm. God wants to influence every single thing you do with an ability that goes beyond your own. And he wants to be involved in every single thing you do, which means you have constant manifestations and constant tangibility to God that proves to the world that Jesus is alive. And if we'll literally begin there, we'll walk into meetings and just the overflow will be a moving of the spirit that will capture the attention of the world.
0: That's so good, yes, sir. And I believe it's something we need to contend for is the move of the spirit. You know, um, I, 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 there's these conferences that I've been doing called Spirit Wind Conferences. which is just going to different churches, allowing the spirit to move however he wants to. And it's based on what Dad Hagen said in 2003 about that move of the spirit that could be lost to a generation unless we teach him. Uh, Brother Jim, uh, if you would talk to us about praying in the spirit. And, and uh, cause I know that's something that's so, so important in your life and ministry and what the Lord's been able to do through you. Uh, Can you talk to us about the importance of that and flowing and letting the Spirit of God use our tongue?
1: Well, everything in my ministry that I've done and the success that we've seen has come from praying in the Spirit. Um, Even the way that I study has more to do with praying in the Spirit. And while I'm praying or while I'm meditating on something, the Holy Ghost gives me revelation first more than just seeing it in the scriptures and then i'll go to the scriptures look certain things up and find that what he just said is absolutely true so for me it's 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 paramount i mean it's it's uh, right up there at the very top somebody would say well you shouldn't put the holy ghost top you should put the word top well let me ask you a question those that are listening what about when they didn't have the bible did that mean they couldn't connect with god they couldn't have a relationship with god and then let me ask you another question. <clears throat> when Adam and Eve were, were uh, created and their eyes opened as life was breathed into them, were they looking at a Bible or were they looking at God? Mm. The answer is they were looking at God, which makes God plan A and the Bible plan B. Come on. I know that's real hard for people to take. And you can try to twist it any way you want to. And if you try to say Jim Hockaday doesn't uh, is 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 preaching heresy that he doesn't believe in the Bible anymore, you would be an absolute bald-faced liar. So I don't mind telling you that. Yes. Because you want to hear the rest of what I'm saying. I'm not saying that to you, Elijah. I'm saying that to the people that are listening. Because some people take what you say and just run with it in a different way. No, I'm yes, actually sir. showing you that the plan A was for you to walk around with Jesus all day long and experience him just like Adam and Eve did in the garden. And just like Jesus did as the prototype to a brand new, relation, a brand new uh, creation that God was going to give us on the other side of the cross. Yes. Sir. We see how Jesus walked with his father constantly. Well, that's what's of importance. And guess what? The Bible has people's stories in there about them connecting with God. It has a redemption story in there that has doctrine that will help you to realize that you can have a foundation that will not be moved when you realize the truth of this redemption and the blood that was shed and that you are in the hand of God and he is living in you, the great mystery of the church. And now the spirit of God and the word of God together give you such substance That manifestations take place everywhere you go. So that's the importance, thank God, of the word. But when we talk about the Holy Ghost, we talk about praying in other tongues and the importance of our tongue. Well, this is where you learn and you develop. You know, I'd rather learn and develop in my own prayer time where if I miss it, I'm the only one that knows. Mm -hmm. than to have to get out there and miss it in public and everybody knows. Now, I will say this. Brother Hagin pulled me aside one time. And he said, I just want to share with you something. He said, um, "He said uh, most people, most ministers I know, 95% of the ministers I know have given up at the point of their miracle and never saw it. Mm. He said, most people I know don't step out when they should. Wow. And he said, if you don't step out when you should, you miss it by not stepping out. And then you miss it twice because you didn't find out if what you had was right or whether it was wrong. Mm. And then he looked at me and he said, Brother Jim, he said, I've, I've learned more by what I've missed than what I've gotten right. Now, that might floor some people who think Brother Hagin never missed it. And I'm not trying to mm. make it look like, you know, there was a, a, a negative side to his life. I didn't see that. I saw an amazing yeah, sure. life. OK,
0: sure.
1: But I want you to know that he was forthright with me to say, listen, you're going to miss it. So mm. the problem is, if you're afraid of missing it, and that's why I say you'll never be right until you're willing to be wrong. If you're afraid to miss it, then you don't learn anything. And when you pray in other tongues, that's the time to learn how to interpret your prayers. Folks, there's so many different reasons why you pray in other tongues. We know that. But one of the greatest reasons is it becomes a training tool of you learning to locate how your spirit and the Holy Spirit can work together in tandem, where when you come in contact with someone on the street, the same unction that comes out of you to pray or the same interpretation to your mind that comes to you to when you pray it's the same way you'll know hey buddy you got a problem with your shoulder don't you well how do you how do you know that you don't even know me I'm telling you God just wants to heal He wants to let you know that Jesus loves you uh, go ahead and use that shoulder and find out what the Lord just did see this is this is Christianity yeah. Come Christianity on. is you just behind behind your desk studying all day long thank God for studying. Thank God for our time praying in other tongues. But all of it is so that you can be a demonstration that Jesus is alive, which brings all the attention now to him. And it brings all the falsehoods and all the religions that have no place. Being in the same category as Christianity, which is the one true and only religion, one true and only God, it brings them down and it lifts Christ up. So praying in other tongues is the most crucial thing that you could do And then there's some other things that I could share if we had time um, that are also just as crucial. But as far as a spirit-centered life, yeah, as you pray in other tongues, you'll become very aware of the Holy Spirit.
0: Oh, so true. So good. Yes, sir. Well, please go ahead and elaborate. There's a couple more things on your heart there, sir. Please just flow. I believe it's good.
1: Well, you made reference to contending for the things of the Spirit. Well, let's describe that because most people would describe that Elijah by meaning more prayer, more study, more intensity, and it's actually just the opposite. That's why people don't go very far and don't go very fast because there's no limitation on the spiritual world. It's wide open. Jesus burst the heavens wide open. We're not we're not giving today so that a little window can be opened to pour us out a little blessing. Come on. Heaven is open. Now we give because we are blessed. Come on. And our giving is our faith that causes what's already there and what's already open to shower upon us. Amen. Amen.
0: But
1: I want to get people out of the mentality that we just have a little window or we've got to really grind and grind. Now I know that there is an intercession. There is a spirit inspired time of prayer where you don't just pray for five minutes, where you get in there and, and follow the Holy Ghost. I get all of that. But here's what I want to tell you. If God is everywhere, now listen listen to the to the ifs that I'm saying. Number one, if he is everywhere, if you are connected to him through Jesus Christ, what kind of connection do you think you have? A tiny little wire or a huge cable that cannot be severed? Mm. You got a huge cable. If you yes. look at your phones, And you look at a cell tower and you and I are connecting with each other right now over the internet. Well, if something started to go wrong, I'd have to look and see if my connection was going bad or maybe your connection was going bad. Well, Jesus gave us such an amazing connection through his blood that he's got five bars on us for eternity. And it's the highest power that man has ever known. You'll never find God's connection toward you will ever falter. Come on. So number one, if as we think about this again, if he is everywhere, and if we have a connection through Jesus Christ that's powerful, if we do know him, hear him, and follow him, as Jesus said, then ask yourself the question, why aren't we experiencing him like like Jesus did? Mm -hmm. And the only answer could be because you are made in the image and likeness of God, which means you have a free will. Yes. The only answer could be that you're actually experiencing something else when you should be experiencing him. Well, I'm not hearing him like I ought to. Then what are you hearing? Is the volume up too loud? Are you distracted? Or do you have multiple fingers and multiple things that you're hearing at the same time? Because, you know, today people give awards out for the multitaskers. And truly, some people can do many things at the same time, but the one thing that you're not learning about is how to do only one thing and do it so well that you can go from this world to the other world, see God, hear God, know God, and then experience the results of that relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you're not hearing him, then you're hearing another voice. If you don't feel him, you're feeling something else. So to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. If you use that for life instead of just death, you'd find out that. In order to be more spiritual and experience God more spiritually, you have to be less physically conscious, less worldly conscious. When the disciples couldn't get the devil out in Mark chapter 9 for that little boy, Jesus said this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. What he was saying is, turning your back towards the world, turning your face towards me is how you would become very sensitive to what I will tell you to do when something doesn't seem to work as it ought. And then you won't fail. You'll get it out exactly as I tell you. Yes. And Elijah, there's real truth to this. We work so hard to do more. Really, what we need to do is unhook from the things that we're connected to and immediately, like, snap your finger. There God is. And you kind of almost get Get shocked, like, Lord, you're there. He says, Well, I've been here all along. Come you on. Know, you're just starting to actually see what's been available for you from the get go. And this is extremely important. Now, it doesn't take away from extra prayer and extra study, it doesn't take away from our due diligence. But think about it over the last 40 years, how many people know every single healing scripture? And how many people pray for hours and still die of sickness because there's no connection to Him? And I'll give you one quick example. Woman called me and said, I'm doing more, praying more, confessing more, reading more than I've ever done. And the tumor still isn't gone. What do I need to do? I said, well, for the next two weeks, don't read, don't pray, don't confess. There was a pause on the other end. And then she said, could you tell me that again? And I said, well, actually, it's a very simple thought. But yeah, I'll share it again. For the next two weeks, don't pray, don't read, and don't study. And then she said kind of angrily, you know, well, then what am I supposed to do? And I said, for the next two weeks, get quiet enough to find God. Once you find him, everything you pray, everything you read, everything you confess will make sense. There'll be a connection and there will not be a tumor. Well, she got mad, called up my mother and told her how wrong I was and I was getting into off- wrong doctrine. And then, of course, you know, about a year later, she died. Mm. And that's, that's what happens because people have the knowledge of, in other words, the doctrine of it, but they don't have the power. And the power comes out of what? It comes out of that relationship, speaking in other tongues, letting your, letting your relationship define your skill in the spirit.
0: Mm, that's good. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, Judy said that in Jude to contend for the faith. And what we're talking about here, just powerful things that we're hearing, uh, here. And I hope you guys listening are, are doing just that listening and gleaning the truth. That's here. Uh, brother, brother, Jim, when we're talking about healing and miracles. Let's transition talking about this side of things. Well, we're not really transitioning. It's all connected, but talking about healing and miracles. And, uh, I love what I love about your ministry. Uh, Reverend Hockaday is that, uh, it's just, it's simple. The, the supernatural miracles, healings in your ministry have always been simple by the, by the person of the Holy Spirit and yielding to him. Can you talk to us about that? And one thing I wanted to ask about, and you take it whatever direction you want to, but somewhere in that, could you talk to us about the difference between the gift of faith in 1 Corinthians, but also uh, Mark 11 and having faith in God as Dad yeah. Hagan would talk about?
1: Well, I'll start out like this. The reason why it's simple is because I don't have to rely upon the gifts of the Spirit.
0: Come on. Come on.
1: I mean, come on, everybody. We need to, we need to get our senses uh, and, and our thought patterns corrected here. Uh, There's so many disqualifiers in the way that we believe. Well, brother, you can't do that if you don't have a special ministry calling to that because the, the gifts of the Spirit, a power, follow that particular calling. Well, all that does is, is that gets you that's saying that off the hook.
0: Mm, come on. Because what, yes,
1: what part of Jesus' great commission that said, believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Now, what was he saying? Believers will lay hands on the sick and a certain percentage of recover. That's not what Jesus said. What Jesus said is when the believers lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Now you could put in there, any, any person that you pray for as a believer will recover. In other words, they will be well. That's what it means. It doesn't mean in two years in the millennial, you get better. It means you get well right now. Yes, sir. Now, Jesus said that to the believer. So what are we ministers going to do when we've created a doctrine and a belief that you have to have something special from the Holy Ghost or it's not going to work? Hmm. Well, all that does is set you back on your heels, you twiddle, your thumbs, and you wonder whether or not the Holy Ghost is going to do something. And if that's the position or mindset that you have, then there's no confidence, there's no boldness. And if you want to know the pattern of the New Testament church, they were filled with the Spirit, which produced boldness, which produced miracles. Just simple. So when things began to work for me, as we go back to November, I laid myself out on the carpet and said, God, fix me. Now, I didn't realize how good of a prayer that was. You said, what do you mean it was a good prayer? Well, it was a prayer of humility. And God always gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. In other words, if you're trying in your ministry to figure out why you're not doing what someone else is so that you can justify the fact that you're a failure. Well, that's called pride, folks. Come on. If you'll just humble yourself and say, God, there's no reason that I'm not producing results, too, even if I'm a teacher. Who cares if you're a teacher? Still heal the sick. Come on. Why? Well, God seemed to put an emphasis on the believer healing the sick. Shouldn't a teacher then do it? Shouldn't a pastor do it? Does it have to rely upon the evangelist? And people used to say, well, Jim's an evangelist. He has special gifts. Well, I'm not even an evangelist. I've never been an evangelist. Hmm. That's not my gifting. So does it fall upon the evangelist, the prophet, or the apostle to work with power only? Hmm. You know, the interesting thing is, is Jesus commissioned people to go out and do the works that he did. And he actually did a really good job. There were even 70 others that we don't even know their names. And they were healing the sick and casting out devils. And Jesus never mentioned the nine manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Jesus never even mentioned the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher. Jesus just said, go do it because I've given you the power to make it happen. And someone would say, well, that means Jesus must have given them the power of everything. Well, hey, wait a minute. What do you think we have on this side of the cross? Come on. On this side of the cross, we've got the power of the resurrected and glorified Christ. Jesus was using the power of Adam on the other side of the cross. You say, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean the power of Adam? Well, Jesus didn't walk in all power. Come on, I I want you to think of this for a second. And I don't mind if you think, well, I think you're wrong. Well, I'm not wrong. Come on. How would Jesus go to the Father and stand there with the devil as Jesus conquering him and the Father say, this is legit, if Jesus had more than Adam did? Hmm. Because then the devil could say, well, the only reason why he defeated me is because you gave him twice as much as you gave Adam. Jesus came as the last Adam. Jesus did what he did as a man. And before he was done... And went to the cross, John 17, he prayed his famous prayer that whole chapter, and he started out talking to the Father about how I finished your work, I've completed your assignment, now glorify me with the glory which I had from the beginning of time. Which means what? Paul got a revelation in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus laid aside who he was as the Son of God so that he could come as the Son of Man. That's right. And the power of God came upon him in the river Jordan. And that power and that authority was what Adam walked in when he was on this earth. Jesus was the last of the Adams. No, God was not going to create another creation of Adams. It wasn't the new and improved. The Adams family went south. They got weird. You know, it's kind of of like (laughs) the old old series, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, the Adams family. There were things and there were it's. And God wanted to bury that family in the sea of forgetfulness, and Jesus became the last of the Adams, and he took the Adams family into the grave. And when he came out of the grave, he didn't come out of the grave as Adam. He came out of the grave as the resurrected and glorified Christ. That as many as receive him to them, he gives that power. That's right. To be sons of God. In other words, we're filled with the fullness of all of God right now. Come on, on this side of the cross, there's no excuse on this side of the cross. And if we produce and give people wiggle room, they'll always take it, Elijah. So mm-hmm. the things that were simple with me is I just began to realize who I was in Christ and began to, if, if you will, step out knowing that I had something to give. Well, what did you have to give? I had eternal life. Well, wait a minute. Brother Hagan laid hands on your hands. See, everybody always wants to go back to that. Mm-hmm. He didn't lay hands on my hands. Well, Jesus did. See, this dispensation is not about connecting to a person. This dispensation is about connecting to Jesus Christ as the mediator. That's right. Anything that I operate in as a ministry position with an anointing and a grace upon me is to raise the expectancy of everybody to be able to do the works of Jesus. That's why a teacher is able to teach the way they do and receive the revelation that they do is because there's a grace upon their life. Is that to cause everybody else to remain stupid? Or is that to raise the expectancy and the understanding in everybody, the body of Christ, until we all look like Jesus? Hmm. So I got rid of the things that cause you to not be able to function. And I just took, took the limitations off, Elijah. And so when it comes to special faith or it comes to the faith that we see in Mark chapter 11, have the faith of God, here's the thing. I I didn't spend time trying to figure it out. Come on. What do you mean? Well, I knew many times it was just me saying something to stir up a person's belief that would cause the anointing that was present to be what? To be connected. And then I knew that there were other times where I was saying something out of my own self that was different than me, which would have been him. But you know what? I look at it like this. Why do we really want to make an issue out of that? Make the issue who you are and let the boldness come out of being filled with the Holy Ghost and you'll produce miracles. Now, later, if you want to go back and try to figure out whether it was a a, a special faith, whether there was a working of miracles, a gift of healings, whether there was a word of knowledge or, but you know, Jesus didn't do that. Mm -hmm. He didn't sit them down and say, now there's nine manifestations of the Holy Ghost beyond what I've given you. If he did that, you know what they would always think? If you make people think there's something else that's necessary to handle something that you obviously don't feel qualified to handle yourself, you'll always wiggle room yourself to the back of the room and say, I just don't know if I can do this. But if you make people believe that what they have is actually what actually will take place and what will meet the need, people will move to the front to say, hey, I can help you. Come on, think of when you were in school and the teacher asked a question you didn't know. You put your head down hoping that she wouldn't see you if you're not seeing her. Eye contact would say, maybe I have an answer. But when she asked a question, you knew you knew, you'd raise your hand real high with big old eyes staring right at her. You might even say as a little kid, me, 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 because you know the answer. Yeah. We want people to go, me, 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 when it comes to healing the sick and raising the dead and doing the works Come of on. Jesus. Well, you can't be a me, me, me person if you don't think you have, have, have person. And that's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what Peter and John, they showed us what Jesus gave them. The audacity to know that they had something. Now, wait, 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 wait. We know Peter, chicken, little, babak, rooster crows, right? Yeah. We we know Peter lost his confidence that he had for the entire three years we saw Peter with Jesus, the boldness to be the one that did everything. But the moment Jesus was removed from him, in other other words, his source of confidence was now removed, he couldn't even stand up to a little slave girl saying, aren't you one of the ones that are with him? Mm -hmm. And he denied the Lord. But when Jesus cologne... Filled the room. Come on. I know I'm, I'm taking my liberty here. But the wind began to blow in the upper room. And the Lord was getting ready to Come fall on. upon them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and Peter, rec- first thing you reckon, he, hey, hey, that's the Lord. That smells like the Lord. And all of a sudden, boom! there's fire coming out of their head. They're speaking in other tongues. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. And now Peter is re-energized with the boldness Because the same person that made him bold when he walked with him is now living inside his body. Come on. And he stands up now as the Peter of old and even more so and begins to boldly proclaim. Chapter 2. Chapter 3, he's still walking in that what? In that awareness of the Holy Ghost, which allows him to look at a man that can't walk and say, Such as I have, I'm giving you. And notice, Elijah, what he did next. He stood back, twiddled his thumbs, and waited to see if the man was going to walk. No, that's not what he did. He reached down and grabbed him and immediately started to pull him up. See, somebody will say, well, that must have been special faith. Why does it have to be special faith? Leave Peter alone. Peter didn't even know of the nine manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. That came through the Apostle Paul later on in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. That's right. Leave him alone. What did Peter have? He had exactly what Jesus gave him. I have freely given you this power. Freely give this power away. That's what Jesus gave him. And he used that consciousness to raise that man up. And if there were gifts attached, it worked through his boldness to believe that he had something to give. Now, this is where we focus our attention. And if you go down the other roads of hoping that you might have a gift, feeling like you need something that you don't have, you will for sure forsake the anointing that will touch people and set them free. If you wanna know how to walk in the gifts, then walk in the boldness of who you are in Christ. And the gifts will accompany you to make sure the end result looks perfect, whether it's your faith, their faith, or God's faith.
0: Oh, so good. Yes, sir. Um, well, brother Hockaday, as we, as we begin to wrap this up, I, I want you to pray for us here soon. But, uh, before we do that, I want to ask, uh, again about dad Hagen. Um, is there any story that comes to mind? I'm talking about you and him, like an interaction that you guys had, you've said you shared several, but is there any, uh, like a fun story or something, uh, things that you learned from dad Hagen, just anything that comes to mind?
1: Wow, there's so many. I mean, we had we had so many experiences because of prayer school and healing school. You know, when, when he first asked me to do that, I asked him, I said, so are you, you going to help me in this? And I just mm-hmm. threw that out, and he goes, no, I'm not going to help you. And I said, it's, <laughs> I said it's, it's, it's your thing. He said, yeah, but now it's your thing. I said, well, why won't you help me? He said, I had to get it by myself. You get it by yourself. Wow. And I, I walked away and said, thanks a lot. <laughs> and so... As I started to get things, Elijah, many of the things even I've shared with you right now are very much a different perspective than many of the people that taught and preached that were there at Rhema.
0: Sure. Yes, sir.
1: And I really don't care because we got it to work.
0: Yeah, come on.
1: The usher that was there for six years previous, the head usher, six years before I got there. When we started seeing the miraculous, he looked at me and said, I've seen more this week alone than I have in the last six years put together. Praise God. And I looked, I looked at him and I said, what? Are you kidding? And he said, I can, tell, I, can, I can say it to you in another way. He said, I can count on one hand how many times people went home completely healed, just like I saw here today. You see, things had digressed to a point of just a teaching ministry without actually healing the people. Oh, yeah, we would pray and believe. But praying and believing doesn't do much. Heal the sick. Jesus didn't say pray and believe to heal the sick. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. In other words, the inference is you heal the sick, you cleanse the leper, you raise the dead. Well, why would he say that to them? Well, because he gave them the power for them to use. So I know there's a lot of things that I've said today that people will have to chew on. And some people may even come up with the idea, "I I don't necessarily agree with you. Well, then just like Jesus said, if you don't agree with the things I say, look at the things that we produce. And if the things that we produce don't magnify Jesus and show that our ministry looks like his, well, then you don't have to believe a word. But if they do and they do. Well, then maybe there's something that we know that might be worth listening to. Come on. And I can't make anybody listen. But when I share some of these things, I'm telling you, Elijah, I would go over every, man, the Lord gave me something that just was different, but new, but really good, or how I work with a person. I'd be it over to dad's room. I'd, I'd walk in. He'd say, well, what do you got this time, brother Jim? And I'd say, well, I dragged a woman halfway around the room. Sometimes he'd almost fall out of his chair laughing so hard.
0: <laughs> yes, sir.
1: He'd be patting his leg like this, just laughing. He'd say, well, what happened? What happened? What happened? Yeah. I said, well, halfway around the room, the power of God hit her. I heard her bones crack and pop. She was put right back together and then outran me the rest of the way. He said, that's so good. That's so good. And it would inspire him. And two hours later, he would tell stories one after another of things that he did similar in that manner. Yes, sir. Some of them I've never heard before. But I was inspiring him to share some things that he hadn't shared before. So we had story after story, uh, instance after instance where I would be in that room and share things with him, and one thing after another, and one, one, every single time I left, I left that conversation feeling, uh, and I don't want to say this in a wrong way, but feeling somehow justified or verified that what I was learning and where I was going was exactly the Holy Ghost, and it was the right way. And so for that, boy, I'm, you know, I'm just so grateful. But as far as fun stories, I mean, hey, we're in a room after a meeting, all the singers in band, and all of a sudden I got hit right in the ear with a spit log. And I'm like, who in the blazes just did that? So a couple seconds later, I turned around real quick, and Brother Hagen had that pea shooter up like that, going to do it again, and then he pulled it down real quick. And I acted like I didn't see it. And then I got the whole the whole table, about 12 of us, I said, dad's shooting spit wads. I said, let's all on on three, just drill them, you know? And so on three, we all turned around and he had them bouncing off his head, you know, everywhere. He's just going, no, (laughs) no, no. And the funnest thing was that was right in front of a pastor who's there. So they got first, you know, bird's eye view that that there was fun in the ministry. It didn't be so serious. And yeah. yet, within five minutes, somebody walks in and says, "There's a prayer cloth right here that we need to pray over concerning a person that has cancer." Brother Hagen took it and he said, "Hey, everybody, you know what to do." And just like you snapped your finger, the power of God went and fell in that room as we began to pray in other tongues. That's one. The moment that we finished our prayer, we hit him with another ten or fifteen spitwads. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> what I'm just saying is, is some people get so intense to have something that the intensity to have actually speaks more about what you believe you don't have.
0: Oh, come on. Then to
1: be, then to be relaxed in what you know God has done for you and just run right into the middle of a situation and dare that situation to defy what Jesus has done for you.
0: Ah, oh, that's so good. Yes, sir. I love that, the balance of that, that you can have fun in one moment and then just get in the spirit the next. It's so beautiful. Um, though, Reverend Hockaday, as we wrap this up, would you just pray over a spirit-led prayer yeah. flow? If the gifts manifest, just give it out, sir, whatever the Lord gives you, sir.
1: Yeah. Well, Father, thank you so much. And as I knew earlier on in the broadcast, someone's ears are being healed. I thank you, Lord God, especially the right thank ear you, where there's damage to the eardrum and there's barely any hearing at all that's opening up even as we speak right now and there's many individuals that have had all kinds of problems in their ear concerning noise or a, a ringing in the ear and that one two three that's just i mean person after person is being healed right now of that ear difficulty now there's a woman that's had some type of a tumor in her chest area and that tumor is disappearing i want you to know you can go right back to the doctor just like jesus told the 10 lepers to go show themselves to the priest, and the doctors will let you know that there's no tumor there it's been disappeared amen it's been healed god is taking care of that so father thank you so much for just revealing who you are. And even as we see in the scriptures in John 14, in verse 21 of the Amplified, that you said that you would make yourself real to us, that we would know you in a very real, tangible way. Father, I pray for everybody's eyes or their understanding to be enlightened so that they would know how real you are, that everything we learn from the scriptures comes into the reality of the person. And Lord, we walk with you, we talk with you, We manifest your power, and I thank you, Lord God, even in this hour. Now, there's someone right now, there's a minister, and I can say that there's more than one. There's many of you. Even your hands right now, you're beginning to feel that warmth and that presence that's in your hands. See, that's just the anointing of Jesus himself living inside of you. But right now, as I pray, I'm sensing that you're now beginning to become aware of it. And you'll find that when you get in the presence or you begin to talk about the things of the spirit, that your hands will begin to get very, very hot. You'll be able to minister out of that presence. You don't always have to have that presence in order to minister. You know that. But God's beginning to help you right now. And there's many of you that are receiving this in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. And I call out somebody who's had problems in your throat going all the way down your esophagus. In fact, there's a burning in your throat that's burned. It's acid reflux that's burned you. But in the name of the Lord, not only will the acid reflux stop, but your throat shall be mended this day, even the cells will become perfectly normal, and you can go back to the doctor and find it, but you won't have to, because even your voice will reflect that you're no longer damaged in that area. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for showing yourself to be so awesome and so wonderful. And Lord God, in this hour, we will walk boldly and courageously, filled with the Spirit, and do the wonderful works of Jesus, and give you all praise and glory. In your name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. What a powerful time of ministry. Uh, uh, Reverend Hockaday, where can people get in touch with you, find your stuff, what you guys are doing?
1: Well, real quickly, jimhockaday.com is where you can find the majority of everything that's on the website that'll help you to know what's going on. There's many different things we're doing. Leanne Sosby, who used to help me in prayer school, we've kind of united together again for the last year. We've been doing prayer school live Monday nights at seven o'clock central time. You can go to prayerschoollive.com. That's been absolutely incredible. Um, I've got my own YouTube channel called Adventures in Grace that I would just encourage everybody needs to hear it because it's information that makes it so simple to connect with God where he starts to answer your prayers because there's something tangible between you and he. You can find that on YouTube called Adventures in Grace. Then there's many other things on our our website that you can find, jimhockaday.com. And I always encourage everybody because testimonies will start coming in. You can go to our email, which is jhmi, jimhockaday.com. Send us your testimonies, and we'll put those up on the screen and let people know how God is working with people in this last day to bring all things to a head where Jesus Christ comes through the clouds.
0: Amen. Amen. That's so wonderful. Oh, Brother Hockaday, I almost forgot before we get off here. Um, you guys are doing something in Colorado. You're, there's a project that you guys are having. That's where you're, you're yeah. living now in yeah, Colorado. Yeah, this is real cool. Would you share? And this?
1: This is where our ministry is going. It'll become the focus of our ministry. So traveling, we'll start to back off traveling as this starts to actually take off. But in 2011, the Lord told us to move here and start a work. And we've started a healing center here called Healing by Design Healing Center. In fact, we had some wonderful times last night. There were about 16 people that were there. There were three people that were healed right there on the spot. It was just so fun to see. But here's our, here's our, our, our vision in a nutshell. Very quickly, we want to get to the place where we move past the Holiday Inn over into our own building. We actually know of a whole plaza that we want to buy, a 50,000 square foot Safeway grocery store. We'd love to be able to get into that and make that become our home base for the healing by design. We're also, and God has brought us the people that will help us to do this. We're also going to have a laboratory attached to the healing center where we are going to prove with Dr. Vericate verification all the healings that take place. And we will put those up on on the screen. We'll put those up on social media that Jesus is healing the sick, not because we say so, but because the doctors have verified it. I've even got a testimony right now of a little Down syndrome boy that has his whole countenance has changed. He's no longer Downs. He's back in school with over 90% cognitive ability restored. We're going to put this kind of stuff up on the internet where people have to either admit that God's true or gag on it, one of the two. But we want to challenge the world that Jesus is alive. He's coming soon. And something, has to grab their attention. And there's nothing that'll grab it more in the day where fear has been released into the earth concerning sickness and disease as to show you that you don't have to pay a dime. You can come to a place where people will pray for you and God heals you on the spot. Things change. We'll take you over and show you that the tumor's gone. We'll show you that the bone was completely healed. The lady had a broken finger just the other day and we we didn't even touch her. And the finger just started moving, and she had eyes just as big as Dallas because the pain disappeared, and she had full function again. All kinds of things happening, folks, and this is our desire to let Jesus be lifted up as as the end of the end of all things comes to pass. So that's what we're doing, and it's it's going step by step, and we trust the Lord will help to accelerate it to where it needs to be.
0: Yes, sir, that's just so wonderful, man. Last thing I'll say here: I was uh, a former Rama. Uh, someone who went to Raymond, when you went to rainbow, uh, he uh, asked me to ask you about, uh, I, like I said, I don't know if this is anything They could be just pulling my leg, but I'm doing it. Nonetheless. Uh, they, they wanted me to ask you about a, a Rhema special. Is there such a thing as a Rhema? Spe- I don't even know if that's a thing, brother Hockaday. Now I was just asked to ask you that. So,
1: well, I, I don't know necessarily exactly what they're talking about. If they're talking about, is there a special like on our website that they can go to and get a, uh, special. I'll say this, you can go to the website and there's two hundred and sixty six downloadable free downloads of my radio show that I did with this cowboy uh, years ago and that's pretty that's pretty interesting yeah. uh, stuff to get a hold of. I mean that'll really shake you. you know it doesn't mean everything he said was perfect, but just sure. he had an amazing relationship with the Lord that was very tangible that encouraged me. Um, yeah. You know, there's 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 one of the best things you could get on our website. It's just five dollars. It's called intimacy. It's six CDs talking all about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the day we are living right now, you probably would want to be uh, just just refresh your mind and, and your prayer language to being able to step out and speak in other tongues.
0: That's so good. Uh, Thank you so much, Reverend Hockaday for your time with us. Thank you guys for listening, being a part. The Lord's doing good things. He's doing it in your life. Uh, My name's Elijah Merle. Don't ever forget this now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com.